a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This week on KSL Plus. This is why we're here. They are why we are here. A battle at the Capitol. Is targeting a small, vulnerable group of children a good example of the Utah way? And it's in no way, shape, or form targeting anybody. Over transgender athletes. I know for some other kids that are also trans, we just want to play. They're solving problems that do not exist, and these bills and laws are dangerous. The argument for fairness and protecting the integrity of women's sports. I'm not against the LGBTQIA community, but I feel like they don't need to push into women's sports. Up against the movement to support and accept transgender youth. I think we need to send a strong message to our youth, especially um, those that feel marginalized. They are loved and supported and seen for who they are and um, that they don't need to be afraid and that they are valued and um, because they are valued we want them to stay. I'm Matt Rascone, and this is KSL Plus, KSL TV's digital-only news show and podcast. And this week, we unpack the debate behind the bill that bans transgender girls from competing on girls' teams. First off, let's run through a timeline on this effort to set boundaries on transgender athletes in middle and high schools. January 2021, Representative Kara Birkland introduces a bill during the legislative session to ban transgender girls from competing on designated girls' sports teams. The bill passes the House but falls apart in the Senate when Governor Cox signals he would veto it. And they love their LGBTQ friends, they love their transgender friends, and they have already shown how they can continue to move forward with compassion, but they've also asked to be heard on this issue, and when it comes to women's competitions, to preserve it for those who are born biologically female. January 2022, Representative Birkeland renews her effort with House Bill 11. Instead of a ban, the original bill looked for a compromise. It would have set up a commission to evaluate the physiological characteristics of a transgender girl to determine whether they could compete against girls their age. That bill passes the House and then sits in the Senate until March 4th. That is the final day of the legislative session. And there, in the final few hours of the session, the Senate votes to reverse 
the bill? I'd say the primary reason that we ran the bill, uh, you know, with the ban intact is that's what we can get the votes for. Our constituency has told us over and over and over again they want something done with this issue. To a ban on transgender girls from competing on girls' teams. If you look back historically across uh, the, the, the history of the legislature, um, some of the worst decisions get made at the last minute. In the words of the bill, it prohibits a student of the male sex from competing against another school on a team designated to female students. I think um, that there will be a lot of uh, potential, a lot of regret for, for doing that and not giving it the right process. March 2022nd, Governor Cox vetoes that bill and sends out a five-page letter detailing his reason. In that letter, he tells the House Speaker and the Senate President he believes in fairness and protecting the integrity of women's sports. He calls the transgender sports participation issue one of the most divisive in our time. I was heartened and encouraged, he says, to see legislators sitting down with LGBTQ advocates to work on a compromise that would both protect women's sports and allow some participation for our most marginalized transgendered youth. No other state has done this, and we hoped that Utah could be the first. We have never discussed a ban. Um, I've never had a conversation about a ban with anyone uh, this session. HB 11 does not deal with colleges, only high schools and middle schools. And a commission, he said, would prevent a transgender athlete from dominating the field in girls' sports. The governor highlights five numbers that have most impacted his decision to veto. 75,000 high school kids are participating in high school sports in Utah. Four of them are transgender, though others have argued that number is higher. Of those, there is only one transgender student playing girls' sports. He also notes 86% of trans youth report suicidality and 56% of trans youth have attempted suicide. Governor Cox said, rarely has so much fear and anger been directed at so few. I don't understand what they are going through, he says, or why they feel the way they do, but I want them to live. And all the research shows that even a little acceptance and connection can reduce suicidality significantly. had kind of a sigh of relief when Governor Cox decided to veto the bill. Not long after Governor Cox vetoed the bill, the legislature announced they would hold a vote to override his veto. This is not over no matter what happens tomorrow. You belong. Prompting transgender youth and allies to rally at the Capitol. We are showing trans kids that no matter what happens. In a week full of mixed messages. No matter what legislature does tomorrow. Hundreds rallied with one united message for transgender children. We are here. Here for them outside the same building where just three weeks ago the state legislature passed House Bill 11. They are why we are here. And I have two LGBTQ children. Um, my second child is transgender and... Um, is very involved in school and does a lot of different things in school. Um, music, theater, but also sports. For Angie uh, Pedersen, the bill is personal. This is my transgender basketball player. It doesn't directly impact her transgender son, who plays on the girls' team, but she's seen the struggle to want to feel accepted. I see this from the point of view of from athletes. I see this from the point of view of educators, um, I know the UEA supports Governor Cox's veto, um, 
So I'm here to show the LGBTQ youth of Utah that they are loved, they are supported, they, and even if this bill, get, the veto gets overturned today, that they are still loved and supported. Let's move on and get our business started for today. On Friday, March 25th, the House and Senate met for the vote. I truly believe that what we have before us is a bill that says we will preserve and protect the integrity of women's sports and we will work as a group and work as a state to improve and, and bring new opportunities and better opportunities to transgender youth. We need to look at two sides to fairness. And in this case, what has not happened and what this bill will do will marginalize kids who are already feel marginalized. This is an incredibly contentious and divisive issue. I understand that. I think, though, at this point, we are doing our best to try and thread a needle to be able to preserve women's sports and find a path forward. Our public education students deserve better than that from us. Democrats like Representative As Brian King were bill, adamant Speaker, in their opposition. Why is it that we come up with a ban on certain activities and then only if the challenge, that ban is challenged in litigation do we appoint the School Activity Eligibility Commission to evaluate the facts and circumstances and determine what's the best policy for dealing with the reality that we do have a very small number, but nevertheless, we do have individuals who are transgender in high school and maybe junior high and who want to participate in high school athletics. How do we deal with that reality? Well, you know it is a reality to a certain extent. It's not a very big extent. Some would argue it's an insignificant extent, but to those individuals who are affected by it, it's reality for them. How do we deal with that? Should we do a ban first and then study later? I don't think so, Mr. Speaker. I think that it reeks what we're doing today, if we pass this uh, bill to override the governor's veto, reeks of don't bother me with the facts. My mind is made up. I don't think that's wise. I don't think that's worthy of us as a deliberative body. We hear a lot, Mr. Speaker, about the Utah way is targeting a small, vulnerable group of children a good example of the Utah way? A group of children that, by all measures, has the highest rates of uh, suicidal ideation and mental illness? They're struggling. Is this the best way of addressing their concerns and their needs? Is the Utah way making discussions about such important matters before we have solid, accurate data and facts? I hope not. I wish it were not true, Mr. Speaker, that that's the Utah way. Less than an hour and a half into their meeting, lawmakers in both the House and the Senate got the votes they needed on Friday. With the required constitutional two-thirds vote. With even more support from Republican lawmakers who changed their vote, but not all. It's political theater because it won't go into effect. So we won't get any of the benefits from passing this bill, but we will get absolutely all of the harms. Because I think it's important that we send the message to kids everywhere that they are loved, they're, they're cared about, and this bill is not about not loving or having compassion. And I think it's really important that they know, not only from legislators, but from as we've been reached out to by youth and by people across the state, parents and everyone, that a message has been strongly sent, at least that I've received, that these kids love their, their LGBTQ friends. All they've asked for is that their sports, their women category sports, are kept for women. Here's what Representative Berkland had to say after they voted to override the veto. 
If the question is, should government get involved in things like this, I believe that when that women have a fundamental right under Title IX to play on an even playing field. That was the whole purpose of Title IX. And when that right is being infringed upon and someone's liberties are being denied, it is the state's purpose and role to step in and defend those liberties. Last question. Do you believe trans girls have a right to play on the team that affirms their identity? We heard from... Uh, Representative Steve Eelson, how important that acceptance was. We've heard that from advocates, family members, trans people. It's important to affirm that trans girls are girls. Um, does your bill do that? And what happens to girls who want to play on girls' teams? I think it's important to, um, to point out, and I appreciate Representative Eelson's comments, because it is unfortunate that so many kids in our state are struggling. Whatever their background is, whatever the reason is for struggles, we want to be mindful of that and be supportive. And as a state, I feel like we've done a really good job of trying to help and support these kids. However, somebody identifying as a, as a girl, I don't believe, based on that alone, should give them the opportunity to deny the rights and opportunities from another girl. I think we have to be very cautious in how we talk about that because we don't want to harm a child who's feeling that they are a woman and wants to be perceived that way, but we also don't want to take opportunities from girls. And so what we're trying to do as a state is preserve those rights for those girls who were born and identified as female at birth and create opportunities that help and support girls who have just transitioned into this in another, in another way. So I think that concludes the questions. Some worry the ban could have impacts beyond school campus, like economic effects and missed opportunities in professional sports. Here's what House Speaker Brad Wilson had to say to that. I'm looking forward to the NBA All-Star Game uh, next year. Uh, if the NBA has concerns about the policy that we've passed, I'd be happy to, I think we'd all be happy to chat with them about that. Or we'd also like to know what their thoughts are on how the NBA believes we can protect women's sports and what ideas they would have that we could uh, implement to help manage this difficult situation. And I think we've all, at least everyone in this room, has committed to continuing to work on this issue. And, and hopefully, um, if the NBA or other groups, quite frankly, have concerns about this policy, uh, we're going to keep working on it. Uh, we're going to keep trying to find solutions that benefit all these athletes. But. But I, I hope that the NBA understands uh, and other groups understand that our intent here is to protect women's sports and keep women's sports safe and competitive. And if they have thoughts on how best to do that, we'd be happy to chat with them about it. The bill is supposed to go into effect in July, but the ACLU and other LGBTQ groups have already said that lawsuits are inevitable and Republican leaders say they expect it. I think that was anticipated. Uh, this the bill's been passed, I think, in... In 11 other states, I think there's been uh, legal action taken in all 11. Uh, so we're, we're anticipating that, and I think that was the, uh, partially the reason for the special session. If you're creating a bill that's going to cause us to be sued because it's not well thought, not crafted, doesn't have time to be created, the bill should not have passed. Which is why, after the override, Governor Cox called for a special session so lawmakers could amend the bill to help protect the Utah High School Athletic Association and school districts from expensive lawsuits. So for us, this, this essentially provides a financial lifeline for us so that we don't have any uncovered costs that we may not have the, the revenue to cover ourselves. If a court rules against the ban, the bill has a backup, a commission that would then determine whether a transgender athlete 
can compete. Governor Cox said after the vote to override his veto, I hope we can work to find ways to show these four kids that we love them and they have a place in our state. That does it for us this week here on KSL Plus. I'm Matt Rascone. We'll see you again next week. 